What is up, everybody? Welcome to DSM Media Presents Trending for Four Quarters. Every Wednesday night right here at 9 p.m. We're live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. You know the deal, everybody. Make sure you share it out, like it, thumbs up, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell everybody to tune on in. I've got a jam-packed show tonight. Um, we're going to continue our football journey story that we've been doing here the last couple weeks uh, with some of the pro-level sports agency clients and coaches. Um, we've got Daryl Adams here. He's out in Oakland, California. Uh, he played at a Division II Azusa Pacifica University, um, and, and he's been doing some really great stuff in Europe, and we're really trying to get him some good exposure here. Um, so welcome to the show, Daryl, and thank, uh, you. You know, thank you for joining me and taking about 15, 20 minutes of your night here. I know you're busy. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So I, I do know, I bet you you were watching that intro video when we were chatting before. You said one of your favorite players growing up was Terrell Owens. That intro yeah. video had had a, had a nice Terrell Owens highlight there. You know, it wasn't for you, but, you know, I'm going to say it was for you. <laughs> Appreciate that. So um, just for everybody watching, tell everybody a little bit about yourself um, growing up. Like, what got you into football and stuff like that? Okay, so for me, my story is um, I was born and raised in Oakland, California. Mm -hmm. And uh, throughout my childhood, it was a lot of moving um, going on because, you know, of multiple reasons, whether it be, you know, people trying to invade our homes or, or you know, um, a lot of violence and crime around. And so my mother always tried to make sure that I was in the best situation. And, you know, she prided herself off of making sure that, you know, regardless of what was going on, going on around that I was on top of my grades and, you know, that I was in sports, you know, um, she told me, try as many sports as you need, um, and see what you, you know, get a feel for it. And so I tried baseball. I was like, okay, baseball is okay. You know, but I really want to show what I can do. I, I like running. And so I got into track and track was my first love. Okay. And by sixth grade, you know, I picked up a football and, it was at recess and I realized I outran everybody and scored a touchdown or whatever. And um, I was like, Hey, maybe I can do this. And from there on, you know, I talked with my dad about getting into football and it just took off. And so, um, yeah, that's a little bit about me, but you know, that's where my love came from. And then, you know, um, I'm a Niners fan. And so growing up watching um, actually my championship game in sixth grade for a youth uh, youth league, um, Jerry Rice, he came to the game. It was in San Francisco. Oh, wow. And, you know, he told me that if I wanted to be the best receiver, you know, I can be. And no matter what anyone tells me, I should play another position or this and that. He said, basically, just follow what you want to do. And mm -hmm. so I feel like that's been the story of my life, you know, faced a lot of adversity. And um, the main thing wrapped around it was just resiliency, mm -hmm. how to how to keep moving forward. And, and I feel like that holds true to this day. You know, not going the traditional route, you know, having a successful college career, but, you know, not getting that shot because of COVID and things like that. Okay, well, what now? 
am I going to just, you know, yeah, actually, get a that, that's interesting. I didn't even think about that there. I mean, you graduated, you know, you know, and your chance to go on to the next level was right at the heart of COVID there. Right. Um, so, so what did that like really do mentally to you that you're like, your, your chances now, but yet everything shut down that, that had to be pretty frustrating. Yeah. I mean, I had, I had a lot of NFL teams, you know, a few about four or five that was invited me to, you know, pro days and so forth mm -hmm. to, to workouts. And unfortunately it was all canceled because of COVID. And so mentally, you know, I had two options. I could take it as, as a loss, or as an opportunity to, okay, well, maybe this is not now, it's not, you know, my time, but it will come. And so I looked at it, you know, from that perspective, okay, well, this didn't happen. Maybe there's a reason. Mm -hmm. Well, I still want to play the game of football. So what can I do now? And mm -hmm. so that's the way I looked at it. No, that, that's an awesome mentality. Um, I interviewed, I forget his name now, uh, Alex Petchy or Penchy or something like He was a punter, um, FCS school out at um, Bucknell. He was the, the, the college punter of the year and then COVID hit. And he was getting all these looks and all of a sudden because of COVID, no pro days and stuff like that, you know, he didn't get his chance right away either. And, uh, you know, he sticks with it too. And, and that, I, I love that perseverance and that drive. And, uh, you know, I know a lot about Oakland and the area that you grew up in. And it's like, I, I, I love that story saying your, your mom looked out for you to make sure you're staying in the safer neighborhoods, keeping your nose out of trouble and stuff like that. That's uh, That shows that you come from a really good family as well. Yes. Most awesome. definitely. So I asked you, and then I asked, I also asked Vince, a player rep over at Pro Level Sports Agency, you know, a little bit about you. You know, he said, he, he said the term that he gave me was human highlight reel. Okay. <laughs> That's how he described you to me. <clears throat> and then, um, yeah, Oakland Raiders. We got, we got a Raiders fan checking in here. You know, he's a 49ers fan. We'll, we'll let him slide on that. But it's, it's okay. We got a Raiders fan here. Um, you know, and then you said that you, you know, growing up, you were looking at the Megatrons, the TOs, and the Julio Jones, but yet you say that your game's more like a DK Metcalf, yes, or or a Megatron. So talk about like the influence of someone like, you know, Calvin Johnson growing up to help you evolve your career or your your playing style to be like him because you're you're like Megatron. You're a big guy. You're a six three receiver. You're no tiny little you know slot guy that's going to run these little thinking doubt you know thinking dunk routes. You're you're a big guy. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I would say what, what Megatron, it was just watching him, you know, um, I was like fascinated because it was like, you got this guy who's, you know, 6'5", 230 something, and he moves mm -hmm. like a cheetah, you know, and before Tyreek Hill, that was the cheetah of the NFL in my eyes. And so sure. the way he played the game and when the ball was in the air, he just, it was his, that, that mindset and mentality. I try to take that into sports, you know, uh, now. Um, just training everything what, what what my personal trainer stuff we we predicate ourselves on that like you know i take pride in being a big receiver but also being you know fast mm -hmm. and able to create separation and um just knowing that that mindset that every time the ball's in the air is mine you know i'm gonna go get it that's that's really what it's all about man so i mean you say the word separation i mean on some of these routes it's a chip return i don't see too much of that but on all these other plays make two three yards of separation on every single one of these catches that you have so so actually it's a really good good point Eagles Network, Philadelphia Sports Network, got a lot of young wide receivers, most notably Devontae Smith. I'm sure you know Devontae Smith, Heisman Trophy winner from Alabama, and that's what he does best. He's a small line guy, much smaller than yours, but he gets separation, especially at the line of scrimmage. So what does it take as a wide receiver? Like, what's the one skill that you have to have that makes sure you get that separation from the quarterback right away? Well, I know being a, a, a bigger receiver, the, the main thing is, okay, they expect you not to be uh, a great route runner. So I try to take that into consideration, and I always try to make sure I sharpen up my routes. That that can be the first step where I create separation. And then once the ball is in my hand, you know, I don't believe I'm going to get caught. And okay. so so I guess just being a, a route technician, you know, okay. um, at, at the size of being 6'3", it makes all the difference. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I I love my Randy Moss. He, he's got Moss. You got you got a lot of segments where you're going up over these guys. I had to get out of as well. I, I've watched this highlight clip. 
like five times today preparing for this. So this is not new to me. I, I love watching. It. I could watch game film all day long, and 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 I love watching this because you know actually just watching your game tape, you're you're already better than three of the five wide receivers on the I'm not trying to trash my Eagles or anything. It's just, it's just a little uh, deficient in the wide receiver position right now, especially the size. Um, so you played a lot of football in your day. I mean, a lot of these highlights were coming from uh, your time in Europe. You played in the European League um, with the uh, – I wrote it down here. Where is it? The Graz Giants in Austria yes. um, last year. Um Different, you know, level of competition, obviously, but I've talked to some of the other players in Europe. It's still a, a very competitive leagues in, in Europe and all. Right. Um, you know, so you're a six three wide receiver. You know, the Eagles are just building their whole team around five seven, five nine wide receivers. Every guy's a small guy. Don't you think a team team most teams, whatever level of competition that you're playing at, you need a big guy and a small guy side by side. You can't have all the same wide receiver, right? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's does that does that does that affect the defense? When I mean, so if you had two six three guys or two five nine guys versus one of each, you know, how 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 does that you know affect the defense versus just running out the same guys out there all the time? Right, right. I mean, it makes them have to adjust. So you got a bigger guy, okay. Well, I need a DB who can match up with him, and if you got a smaller guy who may be quicker or whatnot, you know, you just have to look at every part of their game, and mm-hmm. and I know. Yes, it's nice having that quick guy, but okay, when the ball is in the air, mm-hmm. if a play needs to be made, I need I need at least one big receiver to to be able to do that. And mm-hmm. you see that with every college team, you know, there's at least one of them. Mm-hmm. And if that if that big receiver can be a difference maker and can make his presence felt, then mm-hmm. it completely changes the 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 mindset that a defense has. Right. I yeah. mean, I, I mean, I'm sure you know Alshon Jeffrey. You know, played for the Eagles for a while, played for the Bears. Right. I mean. Last year, he was injured with the Eagles. He became a free agent this year. I'm not sure if he retired officially. He just hasn't been playing this year. He had a lot of injuries. But we won our Super Bowl because we had the speed guy on the outside, and we had Alshon Jeffries, the big guy, who could also go downfield and make the big plays and stuff like that. But having that big guy that can go over the middle, get that 50-50 ball, get that sure first down, I mean, it's so crucial. And that's what the Eagles' offense right now is missing right now. You know, they, they don't have it. They have Devontae Smith, who – you know, later in the show, when I get my other guest on, I've got we're going to be breaking down Devontae Smith film from the last game and just how great he is at separation for a small guy and how he goes up over. He, he, he's more than just a small guy. You know, right. what I mean, he, he, he's there's a reason why he won the Heisman Trophy. But we're, we're really looking at, you know, you know, what makes him different and all, you know, later in the show. But, you know, you definitely need that guy that's got the size because honestly, you know, cornerbacks, especially in the NFL. You know they're not six one, six two. A lot of cornerbacks are smaller, so having that size has got to help you in the uh, the matchup department as well. Yeah, yeah, it really does. So your last year with the the Graz Giants, nine game season, over a thousand yards and eleven touchdowns in nine games. So everything that happens with COVID, you get done college and all the COVID stuff. Then you go over to Europe and you put up those kind of numbers. Is that kind of I don't want to say refre- reassuring? that you are who you think you are and, and you're capable of doing what you want to do? Well, for me, it was, it was a humbling um, experience, you know, yeah, you expect to succeed and have a successful uh, season. You know, I didn't go all the way over there to not put up those numbers, but you know, um, I would say it was refreshing because it was like, okay, well, I just went through this situation and, you know, I got my hopes up that I would be drafted in the late rounds and, and okay. Mm-hmm. But again, that mindset where okay, what now? I have to persevere. I have to push through this. I got to make the best out of whatever opportunity God gives me. And so mm-hmm. when that opportunity came, you know, I was like, you know, I need to play my, my butt off. I need to mm-hmm. do what I'm here to do and show that I'm a professional on and off the field. Mm-hmm. And so that was the mindset I took, you know, flying over there and traveling. And and it was just a great experience, you know, that I had a lot of fun. All I had to do was was focus on, on football, no bills, no worries. And <laughs> it made it a lot, you know, a more simplified for me. Yeah, I mean, you know, going from Oakland, California to Austria and in, in, in Central Europe there, I mean, that's got to be kind of like a, like a, not a culture shock, but a wow moment, like total different ball game culture wise. I mean, I spent some, a couple months in Europe, never in Austria, but, you know, I know for a fact for me, when I was 22 in Europe for three months, I learned a lot about myself and a lot about the world because it's not all just about little Philadelphia. There's a whole big world out there where everyone has 
different cultures and 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 ways of doing things and all. So you know, I, I'm assuming you learned a lot about yourself and also the world doing that. I did. I definitely did. It was an experience I wouldn't take back for the world. Yeah. Um, outside of Austria, with the league you played in, I mean, what are the other countries that you were you, you got to experience and play in? Um, so we we traveled up to the Czech Republic and um, you know, just different areas of Austria and, and okay. um <clears throat> You know, I was supposed to take a trip to Italy and Greece and all that, but it was so so strict with the with the yeah. COVID procedure. I was just like, you know, I'm not dealing with the protocols. I'm gonna just I'm gonna stay here. You know, I'm gonna venture out around it and see, you know, a lot of uh, historical things. And but you know, I'm I'm a homebody kind of, so I didn't venture out too much. All right. So all right. So you're back in the states now. Um, Vince said that you're on a lot of USFL, you know, radars right now. Um, and NFL, you know, radars, you know, for maybe for next season or for the off season and all. <clears throat> um, so what's your next step? Um, you know, depending on which things like may you go back to Europe or you're going to check out any of the indoor leagues or are you just focused on the USFL and NFL right now and trying to get a job in one of those two leagues? Um, I would say, well, I have over uh, I would say over 12 teams um, mixed in with the uh, indoor and uh, overseas that that have reached out to me and, and you know um, have set up meetings with my agent and so forth and whatnot. But you know, um, again, whatever whatever the next step is, you know, I just want to be forward. So um, my ultimate goal is you know NFL or the highest level that I can compete at. And so, yeah. however that looks, whatever it takes to get there, I'm, I'm gonna get there. Whether it's indoor, you know, and I have a, a good season indoor, and from there another opportunity springs. Or whether it's going back overseas and you know and, and just making it happen again and then something springs from that i just want to to keep moving forward and ultimately make it to the highest level that's i mean that's the, that's the dream for everybody obviously yeah definitely um you know if, if i so obviously the 49ers you know it's your hometown team and your favorite team growing up yo is that a dream to play for the 49ers or do you you just don't even have a dream like you're not saying i want to play for my hometown team i just want that shot on any team you know, but it would be a dream to play for the 49ers, obviously, right? Yeah, uh, it would be a dream to, you know, even though I'm a Niners fan, to play, play, you know, in Las Vegas for the Raiders or to play for the 49ers, that would be huge because, you know, mm -hmm. half of my family is Niners fan, half is Raiders fan. So for that opportunity to come about, it would be a blessing. But, you know, I just want to get a workout, get a tryout for mm -hmm. whatever team and, and show what I got, prove myself. And, you know, so, so one, one of our viewers right now, they have a question for you. They want, to, they want to know, as a receiver, how much time do you spend talking to cornerbacks and watching them, you know, how they handle playing against other cornerbacks or wide receivers? Um, that's something with the Phillies or the Eagles right now. Uh, Darius Slay has been taking a lot of the young wide receivers under his wing and teaching them things and stuff like that. Um, so do you do similar stuff there, work with the cornerbacks and, and pick their minds on what they're doing? You will be surprised all my life playing football some of my best friends besides the quarterbacks have been the DVs. Okay. And because once you know what they're thinking, you know, uh, pre-snap and post-snap, it's, it makes the game so much more easier. And so mm. a lot of DVs, I mean, I'm studying and in, in, in Europe, I was watching film on DVs for mm. about two to three hours a day. Okay. And, and, you know, sometimes more, especially with my offense coordinator. And then we had another import guy, a uh, Juwan Hayes, and, you know, he played arena football before and, and everything like that. And so I would always pick, you know, pick his brain about things. Okay, mm -hmm. if, if I see this, if he's playing this technique and this shuffle technique, what? how should I adjust my route? What can I do? And I went against him, you know, every day in practice. And so it was always a, a, a higher, you know, level of competition going on mm -hmm. in, in meetings and on the field. And so, yeah, I would say it's, it's very crucial that offense and de defense, you know, that they sometimes intertwine. And, mm -hmm. and, and pick each other's brains yeah that, that's awesome great point I, I hope that answered your question jason there uh appreciate you for chiming in here on dsm media trending for four quarters live all over the internet we're everywhere we got daryl adams jr here out in oakland oakland california formerly of the garage giants in austria we're trying to get him some exposure my goal daryl just so you know is this show after the show's over you know it's been happened once or twice not many times i've been doing this for a couple of years a couple of times T.O. has checked in on some of my shows. My oh, goal yeah. is to tag T.O. in as many of these clips of this show as possible and get T.O.'s <laughs> eyes 
on you. That that's my goal right there. Yeah, that would be epic. That'd be crazy. <laughs> Dude, I, I almost had him on a show because you know his bitter enemy Donovan McNabb blew me off last year. He was scheduled to come on a show, blew mm-hmm. me off the last second. And Tio's like, Well, I I'm gonna have to pick that, you know, pick up. You know, obviously there's there's that bad blood there, but uh yeah. Um again, thank you so much for coming on the show. I greatly appreciate everybody. Daryl Adams, you can find him on Twitter at underscore Daryl Adams nine. Um, again, he played in Europe for the uh, for the uh, Garage Giants. He's trying to get a spot on a USFL team, an NFL team, you know, indoor leagues. Let, let, let's spread the word, and let's spread the word for all the pro level sports agents, clients. Um, they got a lot of great young men there, and a lot of great uh, player reps. Vince has been just feeding me constant, constant players uh, to interview and get to know, and you know. I, I, I love talking to all of you because you all have different stories, but you all have one thing in common, that you're all putting a hell of a lot of work in and working your tails off to get to the highest level possible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. most definitely. I appreciate it. I appreciate you, you know, having me on the show. It means a lot. Yeah. No, I appreciate it a lot. And, I, you know, again, we'll be keeping up on your career. I'm going to get I'm going to get T.O. to see, you know, to, to find you and, and get some eyes on you. That That is the goal right there. So, everybody – you know, thank you very much to Daryl and uh, and good luck this, uh, you know, the next couple weeks, couple months as you try to sort through all the offers and different things for your uh, your rest of your career here this year. Thank you. I truly appreciate it. Thank you very much and have a great night. You too. Thanks. All right. So that was Daryl Adams there. Excellent, excellent interview. Excellent young man. Um, yeah, the Raiders need a wide receiver. Didn't they just pick up Deshaun Jackson? I don't know. Uh, Deshaun Jackson's past his prime. This kid's probably 22, 23 year olds. Uh, if you're watching Jason at the beginning of the episode, um, I had his highlight reel up on the screen, and it was, uh, you know, for a 6'3", 230-pound wide receiver, the guy's got some ups and the guy's got some separation. Uh, pretty amazing to watch and uh, pretty fun to to check him out. And it'll be fun to, you know, follow along his career. I'm, I'm trying to wait here for our, our second guest to come on here for the night. Um, yeah, hold on. I, let me just get him in here. All right, so we'll be getting him in in a second here. Um, again, um, excellent young man. There, there's a lot of great talented players that are playing in Europe and playing in these indoor leagues. Out oh, there he is. My man's back for round hey, two. Round uh, two, let's go. Yeah, what's up, my friend? At Solo2453. I had some fans on last week, and and and, and you, you stuck out. You, you, you did a great job, and I wanted some one-on-one time instead of spreading all the love around to everybody. I needed some time with you to really talk Eagles and really dive into this team. So how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Um, got to spend a little time with my son tonight and uh, talk some football. So I'm, I'm, I'm fucking ready to roll, man. That, that's what that's all about. Spend time with the son, talking football. That's all there is to it, right? American dream right there. That's the American yeah, that, dream. That is the American dream. Me, I like to talk football, basketball, baseball, but it all comes down to football. That's oh, all baseball really too, man. Uh, yeah, I'll talk, I'm a huge, so hey, I got to ride the tail wagon a little bit. I'm a huge Braves fan. Yeah. So you're one of the four Braves fans that are in the world. That's why that's <laughs> that's why the bus at the parade sped 90 mile an hour down the road. Hey, we ain't won in 26 years. Well, so you know what? The one thing I would say, obviously, as a Phillies fan, hold on, my Phillies hat's not in here. I got my Sixers hat, my Eagles hats, <laughs> college hats. I don't know. I don't know where my Phillies hat is. I got Jim Tomey on the wall behind me. So yeah, I can see Phillies him back there. You good? Yeah, yeah. Um, I always go back to the Greg Maddox, John Smoltz era. And, I mean, as a Phillies fan, I still respect it to hell out of those teams because they were so talented, but I forget whether it was the world series. You guys lost in the nineties or won in the nineties, but you couldn't even sell out your stadium in the world series. That just told me all I needed Uh, to know about Atlanta uh, Braves baseball fans. That's embarrassing. It was, it was, it was awful, man. Like the Turner field for some reason just could not get fans. And I was, I was blessed enough to grow up in the nineties to get to watch. I've seen Tom Glavin pitch. I've seen Smoltz pitch in person many, many times. Uh, Steve Avery was our fourth pitcher. He was really good. He was a really good pitcher. SunTrust Park, Kevin though, man. Millwood after he moved on. Truest Park, though, man. Um, outside the Braves fans showed up a, the, this year for this team, and uh, it, they, we had a lot of sold out state. It was really, it's really good to see. I think the fans are buying back in, and um, we had some ownership change. We, we had a lot going on, but um, yeah. yeah, man, it's cool to to see the team win. And um, yeah. you know, I grew up a big Andrew Jones fan. He's my favorite player of all time, and. Okay. Uh, because I played center field in high school, so okay. But um, I don't want to get off the rails a little bit. Too yeah, much, yeah, we're, but, we're talking yeah. baseball. I was, I was ready to just keep, continue on with baseball and more baseball. But Man, I know. Let, let, let's focus on what we're supposed to focus on: the Eagles. Tough loss last week, you know, against the Chargers, 27-24. Got the Broncos in Denver this week. 
Um, so I haven't really gotten your thoughts on last. I was at the game last week against the Chargers. Yeah, I saw that. You get, a awesome. little, you get a little different perspective in the stadium versus watching it on TV. Um, but I would love to get your thoughts on what you saw last week. Yeah, man, offensively, very encouraging. Um, didn't like how the first drive started out. I thought, oh, shit, here we go. You know, uh, six passes, one rush. You know, I, was, I wasn't very happy with that. But um, Sirianni seems to have found his sweet spot with what he wants to do and what he feels comfortable mm-hmm. calling, which is good because as a fan, you want your coach to feel like he's in his zone, right? You want him to feel like, especially if he's the play caller, because what we knew with Doug, fourth down comes, we're going for it. Every single right. time. Like we, we, we already knew what to expect. With Sirianni, we're not quite there yet. So the last two weeks have been really encouraging. Um, and I thought he thought honestly thought he coached a really good game. Um, you know, if Hertz makes those two passes, um, we're talking maybe something a little different. The defense is in a different situation. So I'm sure we'll get the Hurts later on. But overall, very proud of the offense. The defense is another fucking story. <laughs> Holy shit. We got to talk about yeah. that. They, too. I, well, I mean, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, let, let's see here. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna queue up some clips. I got I got two highlight clips here for the show that we're going to bring up. Give me, give me one second here. This is just one play. But this one play kind of epitomizes. Oh, we got fire defense. Let's do it. This, this 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 play epitomizes everything about the defense. And I showed it on my morning show today, this play. But just watch this play. Second and 11 from the 50. Right? About 10 minutes left in the, the second the quarter. And I'm just to, trying to uh, figure out what exactly we're to, trying um, to do. The tight end here. I mean, as you take a look at the play, you see this long completion. They get a first down here. But so what are your you're going to blitz T.J. Edwards. That means so, Derek Arnett's going to try. beginning real quick? All right, yeah, yeah, no, I, I hate that this. thought process. I'm not, I'm not great all, at this stuff. I'm gonna play. make I this happen. To so first off, the first Pause thing it. that I noticed, at least they try to blitz here. They do. So what they're trying to do, they're basically just doing a um, uh, cover one slash cover two high uh, mm-hmm. disguise is what they're shooting for. So you have Derek Barnett on the end here. Now, granted, keep in mind they never do this. Okay, so right. they never have their ends upright outside the defense. So they have five personnel there on the line of scrimmage, not right. something they normally do. So as a quarterback, pre-snap read Herbert's watch the film. He's knowing right off the bat, somebody is coming because yeah. <laughs> you have Derek Barnett lined up where he's li- on the opposite yeah. side where he never lines up. Right. So you're going to get pre-snap reads very easy. So as soon as you hit play here, second and 11 from the 50, him do- about 10 minutes the left in the second quarter. And right away. I'm just trying to figure out what exactly we're trying to do. Easy. So- yeah, and so it's easy. So it's easy. He sees it already. He looks off. So this guy back here and this guy back here stay further off. But my concern here is why would you, if you're going to run? So the one thing we've learned and heard a hundred times over from this coaching staff is square pegs round holes. They won't do that. They'll adjust their scheme to their personnel. The personnel on the field for this scheme does not fit, in my opinion. You never want somebody like Derek Barnett dropping back into coverage. Am I no, right? And, no, absolutely not. And when you look at the middle of the field, look at look at Herbert's vision. Yeah. It, there, there's nothing obstructing him from looking and seeing the field. The defensive lineman, you got, uh, I think it's Josh Sweat right there on the, um, that came down from Barnett down here on the yeah, end yeah. here. But he's crashing hard outside. So, all, I yeah. mean, it's such an easy throw. He's got a clear throwing lane when he sees mm-hmm. that end coming up field like that. And he knows he has the out route. It's an easy pitching dude. catch, dude. Like, there's nothing yeah. Uh, as soon as, hey, first off, another thing, the clean pocket right there. I mean, he's got all the room in the world. And then so, if you go back here to where the tight end is, you got these two defensive backs way off the ball. You got, what, five, ten, ten yards to this guy, 15 yards from this guy. So and at, it, it's it, And look at McLeod's hips right there in the back of the safety position yeah. where, where he's turned. If, yeah. if he had gone upfield, he'd have roasted him. He'd have just turned him around. I mean, as and, you take a look at the play. You see this long completion. They get a first That's, down here. But you can talk you're going to blitz T.J. Edwards. That means Derek Barnett's going to drop into coverage, which. Are you there still? And look at Derek's and, and uh, Darius Slay. He's kind of just playing QB watch. So he's all the way up yeah. 15, 20 yards up the field, basically cool. responsible. That's why the safety's there. Because Coach. The other Hannon thing, I, I want to back this up and show you one more thing with this soft coverage. What? It, let me let me see it here. I don't know who it is because this, this I got this from Brian Westbrook's Twitter account, this video. Um just this, this wide receiver right here. If, if if Justin Herbert wants to look the, the team this way, watch how open this guy gets down the field. Bunch of coverage, which if he wanted I hate to, that thought process all the way. Pass defense the alignment dropping into coverage, especially if you're not you know, going to pressure the right quarterback. Up, 
He just has to look. You down see, they only brought four to keep this middle field guy deep zone coverage. That means every underneath route. What's Especially that? if you can find a no, weakest link, which is a D lineman covered in coverage. That's exactly what we're trying to do. Uh, a, little, a little further. I mean, okay, as you take you. a look, take, take a look at about, about, about 10 minutes left this in the like second quarter. And I'm just trying to figure out like what this? exactly we're so I'm not trying really good to do. At it yet, so. I mean, as you take a look at the play, you see this long completion. They get a first down here. But you're going to blitz TJ Edwards. That means Derek Barnett's going to drop into coverage, which I hate that thought process all the way. He's defensive lineman dropping into coverage, especially if you're not going to pressure the quarterback. You see, him back you see the they field. only brought four. The flat, playing he's go with the deep, deep zone coverage. That means every it's underneath. Crazy. There's nothing he can do. Right there, the corner right there, it's got the two-on-one on the left side of the field. So he's going to fall on the flat, and then he's going to go up the field, like you said, and be wide open. So one of two things. It's the two-on-one. He's got no chance. And the safety's playing uh, outside leverage. So – you're gonna get that clear open throw right over the middle of the field. It's just it's just not good defense. And if you're gonna try to disguise something, then you need to you need to give a look that doesn't allow the quarterback to have clear throwing lanes. Um, so so is this a simple thing that Jonathan Gannon may actually be like? So we all jumped to conclusions that we're anti Nick Sirianni for a two to three week stretch, right? Is this just a simple thing that we're jumping on the the Jonathan Gannon hate wagon right now? He doesn't have the right personnel, or is he a bad defense coordinator in over his head? Because he should be doing something different with the personnel that he has. It's it's like it's like a double edged sword because it seems like to me um, he doesn't. One of two things is happening. He doesn't think he has the personnel, so he, he thinks he's got to run what he's got to run, and this is the best he can do. Or two, he just doesn't know what his players are really good at. Yeah, and that's not, I mean that's not good. He seems to know what Avante Maddox is really good at um, because he's not he's really the only one playing real consistent. But I think that's a cr- contribute to his technique, not really Gannon's defense. Because we knew Avante was a good slot corner to begin with, so yeah. for me, I, it's, I think Gannon is smart and he says all the right things, but we see a completely different product on the field, which tells me one. What really tells me one thing: he yeah. understands what he wants to do, doesn't feel that he can do it. Now, I'm not giving him a cop out, but I think I honestly think he feels strapped in some type of way, and I think Sirianni does too on the offense. He's just found a way to kind of now find the balance between: hey, Hertz is going to throw the ball 18 times, not. Right, forty times. So Sirianni's doing the right on thing. the offense, though. I mean, you can't run the ball to pass the ball. You know, so first it was too much passing and not enough running. Now it's too much running and not enough passing. You got to find some form of balance there. It can't yeah. be seventy thirty one way or the other. It's got to be fifty five forty five, fifty three forty seven. There's got to be some form of balance there. But same thing on defense. I mean, you know. Let's let let's let's try to be positive with the defense. I mean, we only gave up 27 against a really good Chargers team. Okay, the West Coast East Coast, you know, issue didn't come to an effect because it was a four o'clock game, so the Chargers had time to adjust, and we 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 held them to 27 points. We were in it for most. Of, we just couldn't get off the field on the last drive. That that's really what it comes down to. So you know, is there some form of positivity there then from that defense? Yeah, I think our situational football on defense is pretty good. So we had the two fourth down stops, right? And then we had um, one in the red zone, which is huge. Um, and then that was, unfortunately, uh, Sirianni's probably one of his worst drives after we got that turnover. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we had two fourth down stops, and then we had a pretty a pretty big third down stop, too, I want to think. Three pivotal points in the game where it could have shifted either way. So I think mm-hmm. situationally on defense, we're pretty good. You know, if Derek Barnett doesn't get a penalty on third and six. Maybe sorry, sorry. you want to hear the, the energy sucked out of the link. That penalty and, sucked it out right there. And, and we that's all knew they were making that. We 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 were hoping they were going to stop him on third and six. Once it got to third and one, we knew they were getting third and one. It was the uh Kerry Williams in 2015 penalty all over again, you know, yeah, to get the sense that yeah, I mean that's basically what it felt like because you're just like, holy shit, dude. Like, yeah, it's not it wasn't even the five yards at that point, it was more or less, dude. Here our opportunity was at third and six, mm-hmm. and and, and it, we blew it basically yeah. still got him to fourth and one and almost made him punt. I was thinking, Holy shit, they're going to like kick the field goal here. Like we're right. going to get the ball back. Um, my buddy was like, let him score. Let him score. I'm like, uh, hey, they, almost, they had one run up the middle that the guy almost, they almost let him break that one. They, you know, in hindsight, maybe they should. I'm, I'm never one for that. Letting the team score. No, yeah, no. You just don't do that. But you know, there's been one or two coaches here or there that have, you know, done that. Um, but yeah, no against that. So we just need to see how this defense, I mean, because there are glimpses of, you know, hope on this defense, 
You know, even Gannon even called. I think it was twenty percent of the plays were blitz calls. Not I don't know where. calls. What? I don't know where the blitzes were. I, I yeah. like it's because he's calling that play that we showed. He that counted as a blitz, even though you only blitzed three guys and dropped seven <laughs> back, or four guys and dropped seven back. That technically, because you had a linebacker, you know, blitzing and a lineman dropping back, that was considered a blitz. So he he's got to take it a little further. You you need you have Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Josh Sweat. You got to let these guys go at it, and you need to send more than three or four guys at a quarterback because a guy like Justin Herbert is going to pick our defense apart all the time. And he has such a quick release, and you make a good point about the uh, defensive line, and and that's the other thing of it too. Um, so the front four is not getting pressure at all. So no. if we're talking about defense and we're not going to blitz and we really don't know how to blitz, honestly, then the front four is going to have to eat. And if it's Gannon's scheme not allowing them to do that, then he's then he's not a very smart coach. If it's they're just not playing well, then they got to be held accountable and say, look, you guys, you got to get some fresh two times. You had Dirk Barnett dropping back to cover a linebacker. And you had two weeks ago, you had Fletcher Cox dropping back to spy slash cover screen passes. You know, that that's the, that's on the coach, in my opinion, you know, yeah. enough of the positivity that's on the coach. That's 100% his fault. You don't have yeah. Fletcher Cox covering screens and spying on quarterbacks and you don't have Dirk Barnett covering tight ends. That's just, you know, to use the old cliche term, I got to put my players in a better position to win. You know, that's putting them in a position to fail instantly. That's really putting do. undue pressure on Darius Slay, on Steven Nelson, on Avante Maddox. That's putting too much pressure on Davian Taylor and everybody else. So you got to, he's got to do a better job. Yeah. And Trey Edwards, I thought, played a really good game. And um, yeah. I, I thought he was really all over the place, especially in the run game. We did really good against the run. So if we want to talk about something positive, uh, we had a really good game against the run, especially really the first three quarters. Um, so I think we played really well run defense. Fletcher Cox actually had a really good game in the run. Um, that's not really being talked about. So he, he really did show up there, but and we need him to show up somewhere. So it's not going to be in the pass I mean, run. Let, let's be honest. The Eagles defense used to be known as a run stopping team mm-hmm. with issues in the secondary. And we've been getting run on a lot this year, 200 yards against Kansas city, 160 against Dallas. The last two weeks, Deandre Swift and Austin Eckler, two top flight running backs in the NFL a combined 146 yards of rushing offense from both teams, yeah. not just those players from both teams. So yeah. that's, that's showing some progress on the run defense part of it. So that's good. We just, you know, need to do better all around. <laughs> well, in the past defense part is, is like you have to let your corners when they're as talented as they are and as physical as they are, you got to let them play man. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing. You can run up some cover two man or a cover man blitzes. You can do that. Um, Jim Schwartz loved to do that shit. I would love to have Jim Schwartz back this season. Man, because I, I bash Jim Schwartz nonstop, and I am the same way. I am ready for Jim Schwartz to come back. I had the hashtag Fire Schwartz all last season. Now I'm on the Fire Jonathan Gannon bandwagon. What I liked Look. about Schwartz was he was very consistent, whether good yeah. or bad. You knew yeah. every game you weren't going to run on us wasn't going to happen, and then you knew. Unfortunately, he'd play sticks on third down. So get it. Very frustrating. Honestly, outside time. of sticks defense, I had no problem with with Jim Schwartz. <laughs> it was just the sticks defense that yeah. I had an issue with. And you know what? Yeah. I would have taken sticks defense on Sunday because this defense wasn't playing sticks defense. They were playing sticks plus five yards back defense <laughs> all game long. And let me tell you something: these soft zone coverages, cover one twos, whatever you want to call them, that they play. When you see it in person and you see every receiver that catches a ball have a five yard circle around them you see it on tv but when you see it in person it looks like 10 15 yards all around them and it was so mind-boggling and frustrating that you feel like they're 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 just letting them complete they're trying to keep everybody in front of them i guess that's his defensive style keep the ball in front of you don't let them get behind you problem is that dinkin and duncan style still scores a lot of points and that's why i love jim Schwartz's philosophy he didn't care about yards because that's what we're talking about right now. You're either going to throw it 50 yards over our head or you're going to get 50 yards dinking and dunk it because you're getting 10 yards after the catch. Yards mm-hmm. are yards. So you got you to play your defense. You got to use your player's talent. And right now, the defensive line, so to speak, because we're playing soft-ass coverage, mm-hmm. the defensive line is not disrupting any throwing lanes at all. They're not getting their hands up. How many batted balls have we had this season? Uh, have we had any? I don't even know. I don't know. And, I, can't, I can't recollect the last time I saw one. The quarterback's throwing lanes are just so simple. They can see everything, and it's mm-hmm. it's just it's very frustrating. So if you're if you're gonna do that, and then you're gonna play soft ass coverage, you're gonna get dink and dunks to tight ends and whatever whoever else is open. I mean, they're yeah. wide open. I've just Absolutely. never seen something like this. It's, so with this defense, defense, 
let, let's translate it to this week. We got the Denver Broncos. We're going to Denver, the Mile High City, thin air. You know, there's that theory that we're going to be tired. The thin air is going to affect their, you know, conditioning and stuff like that. But we're going up against Teddy Bridgewater, who is Mr. Dink and Dunk. He's got over us. We're on pace to set the record for 75 plus completion percentage as a defense. This guy's averaging over 70% this year already. And he's played some really good defenses. Yeah. Dude, our defense is setting uh, Teddy Bridgewater up to look like Joe Montana this weekend. Yeah, he took the name right out of my mouth, Joe Montana. That's exactly who he's going to look like. Um, I mean, he threw a ball over um, uh, the kid in uh, Dallas's head. Nice ball right over his head to some no-name receiver. I can't remember who who it was, but um, I was just like, man, that's a nice throw. That uh, DB for Dallas digs. He's had like, what, a pick in every game or something like that. And Bridgewater just threw a ball over his head a few times. I was like, that's not good for us. So I mean, Teddy Bridgewater – he, he doesn't like he's only he's two 300 yard games this year most of his games he, he doesn't throw for big yardage no he doesn't turn the ball over he dinks and dunks they've got two really good running backs in melvin gordon and uh what's the other guy's name uh jonathan williams, Devontae williams. Devontae yeah. williams um so i mean you know this is another game where they're, they're gonna just control the clock they're gonna you know dink and duck run four or five yard runs and stuff like that and and, and it could get out of hand so yeah. can the Eagles make adjustments? Can Jonathan Gannon make adjustments to stop this team? I mean, I'm at this point, there's no confidence in me that they can. Now, the, the, really the only thing they have going for them on defense is um, Bridgewater is a, I don't want to say, he, he's, he's, he doesn't see the field extremely well. He's a, he's mm-hmm. a very like one, maybe two read quarterback. He's not going to go through his progressions and stuff. So if the Eagles are allowed to play somewhat aggressively on the defensive side with their DBs, maybe they can get a pick or something like that. But I think that's as good as we're going to get. We're going to see a lot of completions this game. Bridgewater might be Derek Carr. Um, whether that translates <laughs> to anything, I don't know, because Bridgewater is very smart. He's athletic yeah. enough to do some things. And um He's got he throws with two gloves. He's got two gloves on his hands, which is I, I don't know. Many not, not many quarterbacks do that either. <laughs> man, he's got he's gonna have the warmest hands. So all I can say uh, is man. uh he's gonna he's gonna I think he's gonna have a good game. The Eagles chance defensively disrupt the throwing lanes because he's not a very tall quarterback. Get the hands mm-hmm. up. You know, you gotta you gotta start doing that, dude, because you're just not yeah. good enough on the back end to be Absolutely. well, our coach isn't allowing them to be that good. We could be, but they're just not being given that opportunity. So you've got to do something. Yeah. Um I agree with the you only 110%. Hope, the only hope is, you know, Bridgewater gets hurt and Locke comes in. And we can get a, some well, Locke's in COVID <laughs> protocols right now. Uh, okay. So, so yeah, he might well, not even help. play. I think he's got a chance to be ready, but he's still listed as out for C19 online okay. right now. Well, yep. It's TB then. I mean, that that's just, we got to, we, we got to uh, disrupt the throwing lanes. And yep. if we can dial up some blitzes and play man, that's what we got to do. Cause they're, they're decimated at receiver, dude. If they can just, yep. That this is the game right now. If you want to play some press, to do it. Yeah, and, I mean they're wide receivers. I mean Cortland Sutton. He's a good receiver. Had a good year before. You know he's struggling this year. Jerry Judy just came back from injury. You know he's not lighting the world on fire yet. Timothy yeah. Patrick. I don't know. How did we get against Hunter Renfro? I don't even remember. Didn't Hunter Renfro have like 400 catches against us from the Raiders? <laughs> you know um, Timothy Patrick is basically the same kind of guy. Yeah. Um, so. You know, I, I worry about that. And I also worry about the fact that, you know, Maddox and Slade didn't practice today, you know, and they're they're questionable for Sunday. Most likely at least one, if not both of them will play. But, you know, I, I, I just don't know if I have a lot of confidence going into Sunday. You know, at least we saw some form of progression with the offense, with Nick Sirianni, with Jalen Hurts. Whether it's great progression or not, at least it's some progression. We are not seeing any progression. If anything, we're seeing regression with the defense. And that's that's very concerning going into, you know, for the positive people out there that think we still have a chance at making the playoffs. That's not a, not, not a good thing in a winnable game that we kind of would need to win if you want them to make the playoffs. Yeah. And, and I mean, it, the difference I think in, in philosophies, it, like I, so for example, I hate to keep saying if Jim Schwartz, but it's kind of yeah. just using that as a comparison. If, if I think of Schwartz were uh, the defensive coordinator this year uh, for this Broncos game, Slay wouldn't be playing. I, I, w- I would not play Slay this game. What mm-hmm. he had looked like it going on was his hamstring. Um, yeah. I'm just, when you got burners out there like Sutton and Judy, I'm just not putting him out there to make it mm-hmm. worse. I'd bring Tay Gowan up, let him play some corner and, uh, and just see what you, cause you're playing zone anyway. If you're yeah. not going to play man, Tay Gowan is an excellent zone corner. Uh, I think that'd be a good time to start him and give him some um, 
Uh, I, I mean, Zach, Zach McPherson made a little bit of, you know, he, he was on the field. I don't know if he really made a play or two, yeah. but he was on the field um, when, when, when Slay went out. Yeah, you got the young guys. Give, give them the shot this week. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're good zone corners. And I said Tay Gowan because I think I, I saw him play a lot at UCF and I wanted the Eagles right. to really, really get him um, pre-draft. Yeah. And There's quite a few people that were team. high on him coming to the Eagles during the draft process. Honestly, I, I, I don't follow the late rounds of the draft enough to, to know that stuff. He is awesome. He'd have a good game. I think if he played and got the opportunity, I think he'd play really well. But that aside, um, yeah, I just if Slay ends up playing, I mean, cool, but I'm just not crazy about that. Maddox, I'm not sure how bad the knee is. That can go one of two ways, really. But ultimately, man, if if they are really hurt and they're playing hurt, they're gonna probably be playing further off the ball. Yeah. Um, so it's Absolutely. just which is bad, which means we have to get even more pressure, which means the front four. I mean, everybody was talking about how great Javon Javon Hargrave was having of a season. What has he done in the last two or three weeks? I mean, he's basically disappeared at this point. Yeah, and the well, and what they're doing too is getting Milton Williams involved more, mm-hmm. and in doing that, it's kind of taking away what Javon Hargrave has been doing really well um, mm-hmm. because Milton's uh, technique is different. So when he comes into the game, it's really just push the pile forward um, on that interior. So if he's doing that, then Hargrave is probably stunning. Or mm-hmm. he's kind of reading the quarterback because that's kind of what Gaines' defense is doing, and that's why Fletcher's mm-hmm. pissed. So yeah. he's really not I'm just bull rushing up the field. I think if Hargrave were in Schwartz's defense, he'd be eating all day, I think. Um, yeah. But it, it's just two different things, man. And it's just a very conservative defense. And the fans better get used to it if they're not now and understand that unless we get a turnover or, you know, one of our guys go out and physically make a play, they're mm-hmm. not going to be coached into it. They got to go out and make the play. So yeah. if they don't do that. This is what we're going to get. So, all right. So, the Eagles' offense against the Broncos' defense. I mean, the Broncos' defense. I mean, even with Von Miller out and trade it, you know, last week, they pretty much locked down Dallas. Dallas got two late touchdowns late in the game after it really didn't matter anymore. I mean, for a team that's a decent team, but not like a, a major contender, the Broncos' defense is still really, really good. Um, it almost, you know, we, we started running the ball a little bit. But this is going to be a week where you might not want to run the ball so heavy because they stopped the run. I think they've only given up, I mean, 78 yards against the Cowboys, 86 against the Raiders. They've had one really bad game where they gave up 182 yards to the Browns. But outside of that, I mean, they've got one, two, three, five games so far this year that they've held the opponent under 85 yards rushing. So, you know, do we see it go back to the pass game this week? And if we do, that, that might be a problem as well. Yeah, we're just we're 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 thin at receiver right now. Um, I mean, I had it I had it pulled up here a second ago. Quez Watson, well, uh, my bad. Quez Watkins played uh, fifty five snaps, which was ninety percent ninety six percent basically of the entire game. So his snap count has increased dramatically. And if they're not going to scheme him though to get him the ball, then what really what is he out there for? Because Devontae mm-hmm. took the game over, and Jalen actually played more snaps than Devontae, I believe. Yeah, he did. Uh, Devontae only played. Um, it was barely this. It was 44, the they played 44 snaps or something yeah. like that. Um, yeah, really and that's close. because they were in a lot of 13 personnel. So Quez yeah. Watkins was the only receiver on the field. So it was kind of yeah. like two tight ends with, yeah. So um, yeah. it was, it was just a different um, type of game plan for Sirianni, but Absolutely. I think the Eagles can run the ball on the Broncos um, very effectively, actually, because I think our matchup up front against their um, defensive line in the run game is very favorable to us. Okay. So I feel like, I feel like we can do that really well, how much he does it is, is kind of yet to yet to be determined because the Broncos are injured at DB. Um, they have some injuries on that side of the ball. So um, I think that, I think they can push the ball down the field, whether that's with Goddard and running some seam routes or the deep outs he's been running or Devonte running, doing what he's been doing. Um, however they want to do it. I don't really care, but I think they got to get Goddard going and they got to get the run game going because that's kind of how Devonte started to get open a little more. Cause they started playing up. They're creeping up the line. Yeah. That's actually a great segue right there because you talk about how open he is all the time. He's open all the time. Open all the time. And and I was watching this. I don't even know who this guy is. This guy on Twitter, Jetpack Galileo. (laughs) That's an awesome name. It it is. But he put together a clip. It's actually a long clip. So we'll talk as the clips play and all. Just of all the plays against the Chargers and all the separation that he is capable of getting. On every single play. I mean, th- this play here, there's a little bit we of soft coverage. he puts on this guy. It completely turns the DB around. Now he's got all the room in the world, you know, to just make his cut, plant his foot, and be wide he's open. Lost. Yeah. That, that's just 
pure skill in rap right there. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, he's pausing this. These are all his, you know, little tabs and stuff like that popping in. But I, I thought this was a great video because it just shows, you know, yes, so we have drafted Michael Parsons or a cornerback in the first round. Maybe that's debatable. Maybe our defense would be better. But, you know, we still got an uber talented guy that is proving slowly but surely more and more that he's 100% a wide receiver one in the NFL and will be our wide receiver one barring any you know, unforeseen injuries or anything like that. You know, he's going to be a stud for a long time. Yeah, he's pausing this in. Look, look, look at this. The fake cut up inside, goes outside, wide open again. And that was up. Can you hear me okay? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you. It's just the music's really loud from the video, so I can hear you. Oh, is there music on it? Yeah. Oh, I'll close that out. Sorry. No, you're good. I, I think before. you can. I thought I had it muted. Sorry. No. Yeah, no, yeah, I think if you, you can mute it right there and then you can replay it if you want and I can I can oh, sorry, I closed it out. It's all good. Sorry, yeah, I had it um, I had it I had the tab muted. I thought I thought the tab muted stopped the music from playing in the video. My bad to Philly Philly the pod and <laughs> everybody on Jason that said that. I thought I had it muted for that one. Guess not. Again, I'm no, not good, man. I can't do that stuff. Yeah, no, hey, no, you're good. Uh, really I'm learning, I had learning was, as we go here. Um, if you look at the ball on the break to the sideline that Devontae ran that, that out route there to the sideline, look how late that ball gets to Devontae. Yeah. And then if you if you look at the comeback too, where he just completely turned him into a blind guy, um, his eyes were lost. Devontae had him so lost. But mm -hmm. when he cuts back at that ball, you can count one, two, three before the ball's even thrown to him. And again, so if if Sirianni's scheming these plays for Devontae Smith to get open and get the ball in his hands, and Hurts has to give him the ball when he when he turns around and out of his route. Because if he can come back to that ball and just start running upfield, that's that's yards after catch. So he's very good at that. Um, when you allow the DBs to come back into the play because the ball's late, then you're not getting as much production out of Smith. And I think fans are getting frustrated because they're not seeing that um, yard after catch ability. But mm -hmm. a lot of that is because of the late balls. It's just, I mean, those it's right there on film, especially the sideline ball. The sideline mm -hmm. ball is awful. I mean, that ball should have been on him as soon as he had the DB turned inside. You and he's, you know, he's going to break, so you got to get him the mm -hmm. ball. Um, so those are things that Hurts has to work on. But yeah, Devontae's open every play. <laughs> every mean, play, he, he, he's just so great at route running. It's it's I could just wa I wa I could watch these highlights over and oh. over again because it's something we haven't had in a wide receiver in so long. So it, it's it's really refreshing to see. I, we just need Jalen Hurts to catch up to him. Just catch up to mm -hmm. him a little bit. You know, in the talent yeah. level there or the successful that, that touchdown, well, missed touchdown pass in the back of the end zone. It was just a bad throw. If Jalen Hurts, you know, reads the play quicker, gets the ball out quicker before Devontae makes his cut to the corner of the end zone, it's a touchdown. The way he Jalen Hurts sometimes fades away when he's throwing the ball. Those things he can clean those things up. And if he does, the Hurts Smith connection can be pretty killer you know, going forward. Yeah, it can. And you can tell like when guys talk about what is NFL speed from college NFL is the game too fast, that type of thing. Yeah. You can tell by watching Jalen Hurts um, and Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith is his speed at the game right now. He, like mm -hmm. he said, he hasn't lost anything. He, he, he jumped right in and he's right there, but you can tell that Hurts is clearly behind with the speed mm -hmm. of the game. And you see that with his late throws, not seeing the field well, things like that. Um, and again, I, I feel like I'm being a dick by, by, being so critical of him, but it's just, man, it's like, it's the realistic factor of this yeah. is what he's doing. And I'm just trying to call it out. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's a valid thing to call out and it's something I've been trying to call out, but also trying to stay positive and knowing the situation, you know, big picture. I mean, honestly, Jalen hurts is here for the, this entire year. Honestly, Jalen hurts is probably our starting quarterback next year as well. Is, is the rest of this year and next year. Do you think Jalen hurts has it in him? to take the next step if that's the way you want to phrase it or to become a viable not any doubt in your mind starting quarterback in the nfl um not a doubt in my mind starter i don't think so um yeah. I, I think he can be i think he can be like a much more athletic explosive teddy bridgewater in terms yeah. of um just not a great thrower of the ball but great leader. Everyone loves him. I love everything about Jalen Hurts except yeah. his ability to throw the ball. And I've said this from the beginning. There's nothing I don't like about him. Yeah. Everything. 
but you got to throw the football. So, and again, I don't you mean mean to use Teddy Bridgewater as a comparison. I just no, mean, actually Teddy Bridgewater was probably a lot more athletic before his leg injury. You know, oh, honestly, yeah. when he was at Louisville, yeah. he was a pretty athletic quarterback as well. Um, I just mean that Hertz can be a yeah. good mid-tier starting yeah. quarterback in the league, yeah. but that's all you're going to get. He's never yeah. going to, his ceiling, his ceiling is never going to be. 15th, 18th best in the league at this point. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to be really obnoxious all offseason. You follow me. You see it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be pumping the, the, the Russell Wilson to Philly train every single day, all offseason long. It's a pipe dream. It really is. Yeah, it and, is. and I don't follow college football as intently as other people. Yeah. But I, I ask these questions about Hertz and going forward because – Honestly, everything I read, you know, there's no one that's worth one of those three first round picks in the NFL draft that you draft and have take over for Jalen Hurts next year. So, I mean, I guess in my mind, that means that Jalen Hurts is the starting quarterback this year and next year, unless you get that pipe dream of a Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. You know, I'm not for Deshaun Watson, but if Deshaun Watson is the answer, whatever. Um, but they're all pipe dreams. So, I, I mean, we kind of have to roll with him and hope and try to be positive that he can develop into something at least a little bit better than he is right now. Yeah. And you, I mean, you have to put into consideration that um, if you take one of the quarterbacks in their first round of the draft, are they going to be that much better than Hertz? And the answer is no. Mm-hmm. And um, to, to kind of give, I guess, a little um, comparison, if Kyle Trask were in the draft this year, he'd be the number one pick. Oh, and he was a second round pick in this past draft yeah. because the talent was so good. So yeah, he wasn't actually even a second round talent in my mind. Yeah, it uh, he he needs he needs a few years. He needs yeah, a few years. Few years. Um, uh, well, but, I, I was really against all the first round quarterbacks that came out in this draft. Trevor Lawrence obviously was the best of them, and I and I agreed with that. But I didn't think Zach Wilson was a a top three pick. I didn't think Trey Lance was a top three pick. Justin Fields a top five or whatever it was pick. You know, it's just the way the NFL goes that these guys get drafted top five, top ten, and and are thrust into positions where they're not ready for. So yeah, you, know, you look at what Zach Wilson's done this year. You know obviously not very good um, because he shouldn't be starting in the NFL right now. So, you know, but some teams are going to jump and take these guys that are in college right now. I know Howie Roseman. I forget who, what game he was going to. Was it tonight or tomorrow night? He, he He's on the road uh, this week, you know, checking out. I think it's the Pittsburgh game, the Pittsburgh quarterback and whoever, uh, you know, they're going up against or Pittsburgh or Cincinnati. I forget. Um, and, you know, you know, that, that's just the way Howie Roseman runs his organization. It's, it's quarterbacks, you know, you, you, you go for the quarterbacks in the big play, but these guys are not worth it. And I, and I, I do fear that Howie Roseman jumps the gun and takes one of these guys with one of these picks. Yeah. And you just have to hope the scouting department is, is, is smarter than he is and, and, and can make him not do that because uh, if he does, he'll regret it severely. And the worst option is trading for a quarterback and giving up two or three first round picks. And mm-hmm. now you have no talent to add to the team. You're getting a quarterback who's probably in his thirties or whatever the case is, if you're going to get someone who wants to win right now, and the Eagles aren't ready to win right now, until they get that defense figured out with yeah. A, more talent, or B, a smarter coach, the, D, the the team isn't going to go anywhere. You can make the offense as good as you want to. You can, you're not going to be able to outscore um, Tampa. You're not going to be able to outscore, I don't know, New Orleans is kind of on the fence, but some of these higher-scoring teams, or just right. well-coached teams. You know, the well-coached teams are situation of football, the Rams. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. Maybe the quarterback solution next year for the Eagles that they're looking at the market isn't anyone we even think. Like, hell, yeah. it could be Jimmy freaking Garoppolo. Who the hell knows? Um, there's no that telling. Down. That's actually not a bad idea. I, I like he that wins. idea. He wins when he's not hurt. He wins. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, um, that, that's actually interesting. Man. I never thought of that one. Um, yeah. I just want to see them use those three first-round picks. The free agent might build the foundation of this team, build the core of this team. Maybe Jalen Hurts gets better. Maybe the coaches get better with more talent on the team. We'll see. All right. Keys to victory against the Broncos. If they have a chance at winning, what do you think is the key that they have to, the number one thing they have to do to, uh, to win the game on Sunday? They got to keep the, they got to keep the defense off the field and uh, they have to, they have to wear Denver down, whatever that looks like. Um, they, they have to really give Denver a run for their money and, and keep, keep that defense on the field, make them tired, uh, take advantage of their inexperience and um, I know I'm kind of giving broad kind of uh, predictions or I guess um, answers, but the reason for that is, is because it's going to be heavy, heavily reliant on Sirianni's schemes and mm-hmm. how he takes advantage of the inexperience, the injuries and mm-hmm. um, wearing that wearing teams down because he's not going to run the ball 50 times this week. Right. It's just, it's not going to happen. So if right. it's more RPOs, if it's more play action, um, I think Hertz throws the ball about 25 to 30 times this game. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Sirianni is going to see the matchups in the secondary as opposed to the matchups in the run game, even though I personally think we have a pretty good chance at running the ball mm-hmm. against this team. So, Hey, I, I mean, mean let, let's be honest. We went up against the Tampa Bay, you know, the best run defense in the league. And in the second half, Miles Sanders put up Miles Sanders put up more in the second half against the Buccaneers than they had given up any game combined at that point in the season. So, you know, just because the team doesn't, you know, if you have better blockers and they have front four, you, you, you can still run the ball. And, you know, our offensive line is obviously our strength on this team. So we could still run block and get, you know, some yards and some push forward with the line, which is wearing out the team. You know, you say you have general, like, you know, kind of general ideas on the keys to victory. That's what I wrote down too. I wrote down time of possession. You know, that defense is already worn down. That defense of the Eagles is already, you know, on the field way too much and can't get enough push forward. You keep playing them 35 minutes, you know, 37 minutes on defense. You know, these guys are going to continue to wear down. And then the dinking and the dunking and the lack of pressure from the front four, you know, it's just going to keep getting worse and worse. So you got to find a way. If it's not running the ball, whether it's short passes, whether it's dinking, dunking for the Eagles, whatever it is, you got to keep the Eagles offense on the field. And if it is any way possible, any way possible, the Eagles don't turn over the ball that much this year. They really haven't. If you can just win that turnover battle by one, I think it makes a huge difference. We were sitting in the stands on Sunday, you know, in the late in the fourth quarter, like, dude, if they could just get one interception, one turnover in this game, we can win this game. If they could just get one, that's all it takes. Well, that's the thing. It doesn't show up on the stat sheet, but we had two fourth down stops where we got the ball back. Um, The problem is, um, I'll even take it a step further, our special teams is doo-doo. So we're starting every single freaking drive on the 20-yard line, the 15-yard line. Our defense gets the big stops, but we're getting them on our side of the field, so we're at the 10-yard line. So we have that better field position. Our punter is mm-hmm. awesome, but, man, we got to do something on special teams. Dude, like special we, teams, we, man. They, they, you know, they, they activated Jonathan Hightower last week. They didn't put him on the field really hardly at all you know, in the wide receiver game. But they had him back there running kicks. And the first kickoff, I'm like, oh, that kick's not making the end zone. But it made it ended up ended up being like three yards deep in the end zone. He takes it out, and the dude just ran an awful route out of that end zone, and it just it just started from there. He only ran two kicks off, and then they pulled him from that position already. Well, so and that's and that's coaching, right? Why are you going to put a guy back there on a kickoff return who hasn't ran a kickback all season? Well, he has That was actually the opening kickoff of the game. <laughs> he hasn't been on the field period for the entire I, season. And the first thing you do is you make him run the opening kickoff out. Yeah, that's 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 bad coaching right there for for sure. It's awful. I mean, have Quez yeah. out there running. I mean, you've you've had multiple guys doing these drills in practice yeah. uh, with the kickoff return. You got to get the ball to the thirty sometimes. I yeah. mean, help the offense out a little bit. I mean, that would be that would be nice, you know. Yeah. So I think that's another aspect of it too. I mean, if you really look back the last few weeks, really the whole season, honestly, yeah, freaking field position has been terrible. If you look at the Falcons Absolutely. game, our field position was very good. Yeah. Um, and that, that played a big part in things, but yeah, that's gotta be better too. That would help. Yeah. It would help a lot. All right. So prediction for Sunday, what do you got? <sighs> that's, that's tough. Man, man. Like, that's that's... Tough. All right, I'll, I'll get you think for a second. Okay. I'm gonna go. I, I, I had them losing this game to start the season. I still got them losing. I got it. Another close game, more progress coming out of this game, but I got a 24, 20, uh, Broncos win the game. I just, I just don't know if we're going to be able to any time. I think we can hold them to 24, 23, 24, somewhere in that range. But this offense is just not capable against a good defense of putting up more than, you know, two or three scores, in my opinion. So I got 24, 20 Broncos. I think it's going to be a snooze fest, man. I think it's going to be kind of a boring game. Um, I'm not sure Hurts Mm -hmm. ready for that atmosphere. Um, What I mean by that is that that weather is – dude, when I went up there for my brother's wedding in Denver, I walked Mm -hmm. three blocks around the freaking um, uh, downtown Denver, and I was like nose bleeding and like winded. Like if you're not used to that stuff – great, I'm not an NFL athlete, but if you're not used to that stuff (laughs) – that can be – that can actually play a factor, man. So um, and type if it's some kind of shootout – I don't think it's going to be that. I think it's going to be like, I think that I got the Broncos went in. I'll go Broncos went in 19, 19, 16. Wow. Even lower scoring than me. I thought about going yeah. that. I thought about 21, 17 and stuff like that. I always write down multiple scores. I try to be positive, but yeah. 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 You look at, you look at all this week, even, even oh. the, even the Broncos don't put up much offense. I mean, they've only scored 30 points once all season last week. They've only scored over 26 points twice all season. So, you know, they're not, a high-powered offense. You know, they don't score a lot. They control the clock. They run the ball. They dink and dunk with the passing game. 
and that's stuff that we don't do well and stop well. So, yeah, I, I really don't think we've got a huge chance at winning this week. But after the, the Lions game, after last week against the Chargers, we could still see some progress with this team. And that's all I really want. I want to see progress. I want to be able to come on here next week and be like, we saw this, this, and this. That's a positive that we could take away from the game and continue to move forward. Because we've only got one more tough game next week against the Saints. And then that super easy stretch of that schedule comes where, you know, some wins can happen. Some positivity can happen around this team. And, you know, I put, I put up a tweet earlier, uh, players trending upward type thing, just to kind of throw some positivity out there and yeah. keep in mind there are some players that are still progressing in a positive way. Uh, Trey Edwards, Devontae Smith, Milton Williams, Jordan Howard. Those are guys playing really well right now. Um, I did have a turning downward, but I want to get <laughs> into that because it's kind of negative. But uh, there are some guys doing some good things. It's just it, it's very hard to really see what this team's going to do because we think Sirianni's kind of figured it out. And we, we're mm-hmm. right now as a fan base – hoping he stays the course. And if he does, we're going to be in games. But on the defensive side, it's yeah. just so hard to really get a, a gauge on what it is we're like it, to expect because, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is going to turn into Johnny Unitas on Sunday. It, I mean, it's yeah. it's he's going to run and gun, and, you know, I'm just yeah. going to be, like, shaking my wow. head like, oh, my God. Yeah. So No, hey, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. And I, I like 4 o'clock games. I like the timing of them for watching them, doing post games, and, just focusing on them. Um, so it'll, it'll be a good game. It'll be a fun game. But, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not going to be a win. Will we see Jonathan Gaddon get fired before the end of the season? No, no. chance. Zero. No chance. I, I think if he gets a stinker, two or three more, you know, you're, you're going to start seeing more and more pressure for change. But, yeah, I don't think it happens before the season's out either. Yeah, and I don't think Sirianni, even if he just doesn't care for Gannon this year, I just from a, a team chemistry standpoint and really like a, a locker room thing. I just I think the players like Gannon. Um, okay, I, I just think they're frustrated with with his with you know his play calling, just like an offensive player would be with the coordinator. We see that happen all the time. Brady gets pissed at Arians for you know whatever, and they you know you see you see guys bickering back and forth all the time. So I think the players like Gannon and play for him. It's just they're frustrated with what's going on and. Uh, I don't think Nick would want any coach fired right now just to keep the locker room together. And, okay. um, but yeah, after the season, I wouldn't doubt if he was fired. If he is, he is. Um, who cares? Honestly, at that point, I, right? I don't care. Yeah. Do what you want. If you want to keep him because you don't think he's got personnel, you better have a real strong case for that. Cause Philly's not going to take another, you better be prepared, yeah. be prepared to fire him next season. Yeah. If six games in next year, we're seeing the same yeah. shit. So you better be prepared for all the questions from the media, from the fans. If you yeah, don't if fire you, him, if you all keep right. him, you yeah. better. Yeah. All right, let's wrap this show up. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Again, my bad on the audio with those videos. I feel so bad that I didn't even realize <laughs> that I, I thought I fixed the problem. I didn't fix the problem. I'm not the techie guy. I need an in. Who, who wants to be my intern to play the videos for me in the background? That's what I need. I need an intern, everybody. Um, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate your time tonight. Make sure we follow him at Solo2453. He's a good follow. You know, he, 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 he's the best. I'm glad I hooked up with this guy. This guy's great. Um, make sure you, spot, you check out our sponsor, Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Promo code TRENDING. Get you 20% off and free shipping at checkout. Holidays are coming. Get the man in your life what he needs, and it'll also make you happy at the same time. Male grooming needs are there. They also got great gear, shirts, boxers, stuff like that. So check out their website. Supporting the podcast helps you know us continue to go we got 17 shows now a week and uh, it helps us continue to grow this brand so make sure you check out manscape.com for us everybody have a great night we're going to end it as always with a go birds and uh, i'll see you tomorrow morning with trending in the am because the work never stops on dsm media go nice. birds go birds <laughs>